Hello, beautiful families, and welcome to Riding the Waves of Life, a Boundary Family Services podcast. Welcome, families. I'm your host, Melanie Shenstone. And before we get on with our podcast for today, I'm going to announce the winner of our contest from last time's podcast. So our lucky winner is Haley Grimard, and she has won a lovely prize. We will be in contact with you, Haley. Congratulations! Today we're here with Mandy McGill. She works with Interior Health with their early intervention programs as a dental hygienist. Hello, thank you for having me. Welcome, Mandy. So today we're going to talk about teeth. We're going to talk about family dental health and dental health from zero to six. And yeah, I'm excited because I always get lots of questions about dental health, especially families that have uh, first time kids and their teeth start popping through and they usually have lots of questions. So welcome, Mandy. I'm excited. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited to be here and, and talk about prevention and um, starting that prevention early is really important. And so that's why we have this program through Interior Health, where we focus on uh, maternal education and for pregnant moms, um, because it's really important for them to start by taking good care of their own teeth, even before the baby's born, you know, just starting really good habits and eating healthy because the baby's teeth are forming in utero and it can affect their teeth later on. Um, So getting proper nutrition, having their teeth cared for, establishing a dental home, getting any treatment for any infection or decay really helps just kind of yeah, start on a good path and also to uh, be a good role model for the child later on. Yeah, so we start early. When the babies are born, we do like to connect with families. And we do that through the immunization appointments at Interior Health at the child health clinics. So at the uh, two, four, six, and 12 month appointments, we work with public health nurses. Um, who provide little key messages at those kind of key stages of development. So we begin as early, um, educating as early as two months. Um, When the child is two months, we start recommending that you clean the baby's gums just with a soft cloth, just to get in the habit of cleaning the mouth. And also then the baby just gets used to somebody being in their mouth. So it starts to become a habit. So after feeding, just wipe a cloth around the child's gums. And then also at that um, time, we also talk to moms about getting any treatment for decay because the decay causing bacteria 
can actually transfer from person to person. And so it's been found um, that if the mom has decay, then the child's more likely to to have a a higher level of that bacteria in their mouth. So getting treatment and again, just taking care of their own teeth. So yeah, we start start really early and uh, we have these messages uh, early and then at And then it's recommended that families bring their child into to their dentist six months after the first tooth has erupted or just after their first birthday. There's a lot of implements that they have for infants that they talk about, like, as you're saying, just a cloth is good Mm -hmm. enough. But I have been asked about like they have these little like silicone things that have little bristles on them that you can Mm -hmm. like put on your finger or ones the babies can hold or whatever. What? What are your thoughts on those? Yeah, I the little silicone ones on the finger, I think are are fine. We normally just recommend the cloth because most people have it and yeah. uh, so it's easy. You can clean it uh, just as long as, as you keep it clean, whatever you're using. So if the baby has something that they're putting in the mouth, make sure that, that it's being cleaned. But uh, yeah, there's other things like teething toys and, and things like that. But I guess the, to get in the habit of cleaning, really, you'd ha- you have to do the cleaning. So it, it's good for the, ba- for the baby. There's some teething toys for them to hold, but they can't really clean themselves. So it's, yeah. it is just for them to get that sensation in the, in the mouth. And then you also mentioned earlier about pregnancy and dental health and how it actually affects the tooth growth in the fetus. I thought that was interesting. I hadn't heard about that. Yeah. So getting uh, proper calcium and like your vitamins and vitamin D, vitamin B, they're all really important for infants development. It's for the development of the teeth, the brain, the skull and the spine. So getting lots of vegetables and extra vitamins at that time. So that, that can affect the teeth and yeah, the mom's staying healthy and getting the proper nutrients. The child's teeth can have developmental um, weak spots on them if there is lack of proper nutrition. Yeah. So just uh, being healthy yourself. And uh, I guess another thing, with focusing on the mom and her own teeth is that morning sickness can really affect the teeth. And so uh, just knowing like if you have morning sickness, then um, after vomiting to rinse with uh, water and a teaspoon of baking soda or fluoride mouth rinse, which will help the teeth. And often there is a bit of a myth that when you're pregnant, you're kind of more at risk for decay, mm-hmm. but it's more so that the diet tends to change um, and the frequency of eating and, right. and what is being consumed. So just focusing again on healthy fruits and vegetables, limiting sugar, sipping on water instead of uh, sugary beverages and keeping in mind that because those things can cause decay and then you're more at risk for decay if you have more sugar in your diet or you're eating more frequently. So that is something to keep in mind. Like lots of moms say after pregnancy, they've never had a cavity, but then all of a sudden they get a bunch of cavities. It doesn't have to do with the pregnancy itself, but just with your diet? 
Well, with the diet and sometimes there can be some changes to the saliva. And so the saliva is our natural kind of buffer to acids in our mouth. So there can be some changes to the saliva. So try to get the fluoride toothpaste twice a day and xylitol helps to neutralize saliva. So that's also a good thing. You can take xylitol chewing xylitol gum, or there are mints that you can purchase, and that helps with neutralizing your saliva. So there are some changes, there's hormonal changes, and the hormonal changes will affect, can affect your gums. Right. Um, And so you'll have, if you have plaque on your teeth, with the hormonal changes, there'll be more of a reaction to that plaque. Yeah. So the, with the hormonal changes and if there's plaque on the teeth, then there'll be uh, more of a response to that plaque. So just if you clean the plaque off, you know, then you won't have a reaction or inflammation, yeah. but if there's plaque, you will find there'll have more bleeding gums right. um, and something called pregnancy gingivitis from right. the plaque on the teeth. Yeah. So it's really important actually to have your teeth cleaned um, at the dental office mm-hmm. when you are pregnant, because that will help with that, uh, with the inflammation in the gums. And it, it isn't a, it isn't great to have inflammation in your body at any time. Yeah. So, and especially when you're pregnant, so it, it is important to, to have your, to clean your teeth, go to the dentist, have them professionally cleaned, mm-hmm. and then also have checkups. And they say that in the second trimester, that's the safest time to have any restorative treatment. Right. So yeah, they say in the second trimester, it's the safest time to have a restorative treatment done. Okay. So we were talking about an infant's getting the cloth in the mouth, getting them used to stuff in the mouth. When the first teeth erupt, I always get asked about that. So how often should they be brushed? What sort of cleaning should happen? That sort of stuff. And then also coming in for visits with you. Right. So the first teeth uh, normally erupt around six months of age, but some babies are born with a tooth and some babies don't get their first tooth until after 12 months. But kind of the normal age is they'll start teething around three to six months. And the first tooth normally appears around six months. And um, it's the lower front two teeth that will erupt first. And um, so you'll notice a little bump on the gum and then they'll start breaking through. And often, which can be alarming, is there can be a bit of like a blood blister on top of prior to the tooth erupting, but that's quite normal and that will go away as the tooth erupts. So then you just, yeah, start brushing the really soft bristle toothbrush, baby toothbrush twice a day with a tiny, tiny rice size amount or grain size amount of fluoride toothpaste. Some families choose not to use fluoride. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I guess the only, like the reason we recommend um, using fluoride is uh, because it um, is the one mineral that's known to decrease the risk for decay, uh, makes the tooth stronger. And uh, we don't have it in the water here. And so water fluoridation is universally kind of the golden standard for treating or for reducing the risk of decay. Um, But since we don't have it here, that's why we recommend it 
from the eruption of the first tooth twice a day, just topically on the tooth. But yeah, some families aren't comfortable with the uh, fluoride, topical application of fluoride, then uh, they can just brush the child's teeth with uh, natural toothpaste, you know, just with wet, soft bristles. And then what about for kids? Once the teeth have erupted, um, you have a program that you run for families, right? That they come in and you check the teeth. At 12 months of age, we like to connect with families and we usually at the 12 month immunization appointment, families receive a dental questionnaire. And it just asks some of the dental behaviors and dietary behaviors at home. And then we connect with families. Uh, We recommend that they uh, connect with their dental home and go for a first visit. But if that's not available to them, then um, they're invited to have a visit um, with the dental program in Interior Health, where we do a screening with the child and the parent. So at that young age, the way we do this is by, we do something called the knee to knee screening. So the child sits in uh, the parent's lap, straddling the parent, facing the parent, and then they lie down into the provider's lap and then the provider is able to look in the child's mouth and the child's looking up at the parent and the parent has the child's arms. So it's just a comfortable, a comforting position for the parent and the child. Um, And it also allows for the child or for the parent to really see into their child's mouth. And then, um, yeah, and then we can do an oral screening, take a look at the little teeth, help with toothbrush instruction or answer any questions. And we also, you know, look for anything that might be abnormal. So what we really are looking for are first signs of decay, which are chalky white spot lesions Mm -hmm. are normally found on the front two teeth along the gum line, because that's where plaque builds up mostly on young kids. The upper lip is covering those front two teeth. So you really have to lift up the lip and the parent can take a good look themselves and look for any of these signs of decay themselves and really take a good look at at their child's teeth when they're brushing. Try lift the lip up, get right at the gum line when they're brushing the child's teeth. So we do that knee to knee screening. And then we also, you know, um, ask about dental behavior. So we talk about diet and frequency of uh, drinking and eating and types of foods um, because we want the families and the the children to establish really good habits to protect the teeth. So after 12 months of age, we really encourage um, the child to be training and drinking from a cup and not from a bottle or a sippy because that can contribute to decay only having water in a sippy cup, not having anything in bed um, except for water Mm -hmm. and limiting snacking. So having more scheduled and routine meals and snacks and sit down meals and snacks. So having a breakfast and then having some time in between and then a snack and then time in between and then lunch. So limiting it to three meals and three up to three snacks. And that also includes drinking anything other than water. So just six times a day. So if we go above that, if child or or an adult is sipping frequently 
on something other than water or eating frequently throughout the day, that's when decay becomes a real risk. There's a real risk factor for decay because every time we eat something or drink something, the food combined with the bacteria in our mouth creates an acid. Right. And then it takes time for our saliva to neutralize that acid. Um, so that's why we need those breaks in between. So there's that time for the mouth to be neutralized by the saliva. So if we're sipping all the time on something or, or eating frequently, then there's just constantly an acid attack in the mouth and that will start to demineralize the enamel. So that's the process of decay. That's how it happens. Interesting. Um, yeah. And then also choosing what kind of snacks you're eating too, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Things like fruits and vegetables, they don't uh, tend to stick to the teeth. The sugars in them don't stick to the teeth. Anything processed uh, seems to stick to the teeth. Starchy foods, certain crackers, like cheesy crackers, like these processed um, snacking foods. The ones that kids love so much. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crackers. And yeah, they, um, tend, they tend to stick to the teeth and... Um, and they sit, it sits there for a very long period of time. So it's not only the frequency of eating, it's like the stickiness of the food. Right. So if you're eating something that sticks to the teeth and it sits there for a long time, it is going to start to demineralize that enamel. So right. you are eating, providing snacks that are a bit stickier. I try and brush after right. and, you know, try and have most of the snacks as like fresh fruits and vegetables because um, they don't tend to stick. Uh, and cheese, yogurt. I heard cheese is okay for like fresh cheese, not cheesy crackers. <laughs> yeah, cheese is yeah. really good. Uh, great nighttime snack or any time throughout the day. Yeah, so try and just stay away from the processed foods and the, the crackers and stick to the healthier options. Right. And then what about like, because I mean, some families are just trying to get through the day and their kid just wants to eat crackers. So you're suggesting maybe like a toothbrush after the snack or somebody had mentioned once they rinse their mouth out with water, like just have a good drink of water afterwards. Yeah, swish with water. Brushing is probably best. The reason I say that is because I do screenings in the schools for uh, kindergarten children. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize how long these, some of these snacks stick on the teeth, but I will do screenings. um, And sometimes it's, you know, three hours after lunch and I'll find um, that certain foods are stuck in the grooves of all of the teeth, even though the children have rinsed as well. And so definitely toothbrushing is, is best to, tr- to get them out of the grooves. But yeah, using the, just even using the tongue to try and remove right. from the teeth, using a tissue or yeah, swishing with water okay. um, helps remove a bit of the food. Yeah. But some of these foods are really sticky. So yeah, if you can take a brush along with you, then that helps. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. noticed like goldfish crackers and stuff like that. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> chips and yeah. yeah, just certain foods tend to stick more into the grooves of the teeth. Yeah. So. And also dried fruit. And dried fruit. Yes. Yeah. There are lots of sugar and sticky. Yeah. Yeah. And then also for families who struggle to get their kids' teeth brushed, do you have any recommendations? about that? 
Yeah. So that's just, that's a very common, I'd say at some point, the child is going to want to be independent in brushing their own teeth and not having help or not wanting you to brush their teeth. So I'd say 80 to 90% of kids go through this and parents go through this. And so my recommendation um, is to just really establish routine. So the child knows, you know, in the morning and at nighttime at a certain time, like let's say at night they have a bath, you brush their teeth and you read a book, then they go to bed. It's part of that routine and um, that helps for the child, just knowing that it's part of that routine. And then, and then eventually it does become easier, but there normally is a, a point where it can be a challenge. And then often it's just like, I remember my daughter, Oh, when she was two and she wanted to do up her seatbelt in the car on her own, but she couldn't. And it's just like such a struggle. And, but, you know, we had to do up that seatbelt for her safety. So I always go back to that because it's better to brush the child's teeth for their own health and safety then I've seen children, many children have to go under general to have treatment in the hospital. And, you know, there's lots of risk factors with, with that as well. So for the child's, you know, health and safety, uh, just try and get in there, know that you're doing the right thing and that it'll be a short period of time. And uh, I've never heard of a child that's older remembering or being traumatized by the, the right. uh, by the yeah. <laughs> not wanting their teeth brushed. But um, yeah, definitely try and get in there and know you're not alone in that. And yeah. many parents struggle with that. So I remember with my kids, with both of them, when it started to become, because it wasn't at first, right? They're little, they're infants, they don't know what's going on. And then as they get older, like around two, between one and two, they start kind of getting to that, maybe not wanting to do it so much. I made the toothbrush into a character called Mr. Toothbrush. And he had a voice and he was silly and he would, you know, I'd put him under the water and he'd sputter and, you know, again, then he'd talk to them while in their mouth about how beautiful their teeth are and thank you for letting me do my job and all those things. So I did that with my son and he never complained about getting his teeth brushed ever. I never had a problem. And then, and eventually I stopped doing it and we were just brushing teeth. And then my daughter when she got to that stage, I brought Mr. Toothbrush back and she got to have Mr. Toothbrush and it was really sweet. When I brought Mr. Toothbrush back, my son came running down the hallway and went, Mr. Toothbrush. (laughs) Great. Where have you been? (laughs) You should make a podcast talking to Mr. Toothbrush. Yeah. (laughs) And he like, started talking to Mr. Toothbrush about all these things that have happened to him. And <laughs> That's awesome. But I really love that, that kind of pretend, make-believe, yeah. um, little characters that you can create and little stories um, are super helpful. Yeah. I mean, it takes a little bit of extra time and effort, but what I, my thought process behind it was, I'm going to put in a lot of effort into holding this child down. Mm-hmm and getting their mouth open and brushing their teeth. So I'm 
if, if I have the energy, I'll put the effort into trying this and seeing if it'll work. Mm -hmm. It worked. <laughs> and, it, and it did, <laughs> which great. was great. But yes, just as like a little anecdote, if you have the energy, if you can make it into thought, like into a make-believe or a game, some with children, that's one of the best ways to get them to cooperate. If they, if you have the energy and if you don't, it's okay to just make sure it gets done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's lots of, um, you know, online videos and toothbrushing videos and storybooks and different things that parents can access right. online if they Google it and that to get some other ideas on um, toothbrushing and to make it, you know, a happier kind of event every day and they just have to try you know you can just try and see what works mm. and some things might work and other things might not yeah and yeah and sometimes you know positioning too is sometimes really difficult even if it's um easy to get in the child's mouth it's still um difficult to see so right. i talk about positioning um a bit with parents as well and um, so I do find that you can see better in the mouth and do a better job cleaning if you are coming from behind. So if the child's, you know, if they're a really young age, they can be lying on your lap mm -hmm. or lying on the change table. And if they're lying down and you're coming from behind, you can lift up that upper lip and you can really see in the mouth better. I'd often lie my kids on the bath mat in the bathroom and, and come from behind while they're lying down and brush their teeth that way. I could really see well. And um, sometimes if I had to kind of hold them, I would do something called the, we would do something called the starfish. So their arms and legs are out like a starfish. And then you put your legs on top of them. You're coming from behind. It's hard to explain right. <laughs> without showing, but right just different positioning techniques and if mm -hmm. there's two people that can help with brushing you can always do the knee-to-knee -knee exam like we do in our screenings right. both parents because then the uh, child is lying from one parent's lap into the other parent's lap and uh, it is a kind of a comforting position to be in so for the child routinely brush twice a day um, and that if you can get in there for 10 seconds that's fine that's great um, and the next time maybe try and brush a little bit longer but um, so twice have... a day for 10 seconds each time and then <laughs> yeah try and add on time like it's not just you hear the two minutes twice a day which is definitely for an adult or an older child to uh, routinely brush for two minutes is a good amount of time to, to do a good cleaning. But for a young child with only a few teeth, you know, it doesn't take as much time and you might not be able to get in there as long, but right. really focus on getting on the gum line of the teeth um, because that's where the plaque sticks. And when they do get molars to get back to those molars, mm -hmm brush them really well mm -hmm. so yeah so the child when they're two usually around two and a half they'll have all their teeth which is normally 20 uh, baby teeth so 10 on the top and 10 on the bottom and they'll have two baby molars and if any of the teeth are contacting then we do recommend starting to introduce uh, floss right. and especially flossing in between the molars because the toothbrush just it can't get in between so bacteria can collect so yeah try right. to introduce flossing and 
And again, the flossing, it can be anywhere. You can have the floss by, by the bed. And when the child's going to bed at night, just floss their teeth when they're lying down. Again, it's a really good position to get in the mouth and uh, just try and start introducing that at a young age. So that also becomes habit mm -hmm, as they get older. Yes, flossing. Many adults don't floss. <laughs> I, I admit that I, I am an infrequent flosser. <laughs> when my floss runs out, then I forget to buy it. And then I <laughs> get off of the routine. Yeah, but it is important. I know that kids tend to like those little like flossing tools. Yeah, the little floss picks are, are helpful. I guess you just have to watch them because they can cut the into their gums with uh, floss and floss picks. Um, yeah. But yeah, just monitor them when they're brushing and flossing. If they're if you're teaching them and they're doing it on their own and you're guiding them. So but yeah, those floss picks are helpful for not just the kids, but for adults too. flossing your kids teeth. It's it's um, easier to get in the mouth with them. Have you seen those? I've seen them on Facebook, those brushing machines, right? Like they're like a, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like, remember those old forms that used to stick your teeth in for your oh, fluoride for treatment? Yes, um, I have seen those. <laughs> yeah. So they like, you put it in the mouth and you turn Just it on it. and it's like on all the teeth. I, I, yeah. I, I was just curious. I'm like, I, I have not seen or tried those before I haven't either I I have no idea I haven't actually seen one I've only seen them online yeah I guess the only thing would be that I said before is that the plaque builds up along the gum line right um that they wouldn't be able to get under the gum line and and that's also why a child can't really brush their own teeth mm -hmm. you know effectively or thoroughly until it, it could be until they're 12 years old right. but we uh, recommend them for an adult to brush the child's teeth until they're at least eight years old until they can um, tie their shoes on their right. own like make a bow tie uh, because they don't have the manual dexterity to be able to get um, in all the spots and also to get at the gum line so you really have to you know angle the bristles of the brush to get underneath the gum line and to get the plaque in that area. So yeah, the, that would be my only, be my concern with that is just that how effective is it in removing plaque? And I don't think there's been enough studies like that show yeah. that yet. I haven't seen anything yet on that. So. And what about electric yeah. toothbrushes? Yeah. The electric toothbrush is um, uh, definitely beneficial. They have been found to be slightly superior than a manual toothbrush, but you again have to be contacting all surfaces of the tooth. So they might be able to do a bit better of a job in removing the plaque, but you have to still be able to touch every surface of the tooth. So again, they need that guidance, um, but it can be a fun thing for the child. Some kids love them and other mm -hmm. kids don't like them. And some of them are quite large. So there are some out there that have a smaller head. So I would look for the smaller head, like a brawn 
Ozolating toothbrush or the uh, Sonicare toothbrush for kids. Right. They have they make the smaller heads for kids, and they're not quite as powerful as the adult toothbrush. Not as quite as much vibration, so it's nicer for the child too. But you will find there's a lot more foam in the mouth. There'll be you'll you'll child needs to probably spit more when they're brushing and that right. electric toothbrush. Yeah, I remember when my son first used his electric toothbrush. He's like this tickles my nose. <laughs> but we ended up buying the electric bamboo toothbrushes and they've actually been working pretty good. Oh, so, I haven't seen those ones. Yeah. Well, the, the base of course is still plastic, but the heads okay. are all bamboo. And so you oh, can, you, you can uh, compost the heads. Oh, nice. Yeah. But yes, he's, and they actually, the toothbrush head itself is fairly small, so it's usable, like it, it works well on his teeth, which is good. But yes, I was going to ask what age do you recommend kids start brushing their own teeth? So you're saying no earlier than eight years old? Yeah. So, you know, I think prior to eight, they can brush their teeth, but then I would always go in after and you know, go through all the spots and get the back teeth and along the gum line and where they might be missing. Right. And uh, so finish the job for them. So you can allow them to brush their teeth and then you go in after and uh, do another little brush. Yeah. So until they're uh, around eight years old, I would still go into my children's teeth after that, at least once or twice a week, I would, I would do the dental check. Yes. <laughs> I would do the inspection or they would brush their teeth and then I would do the inspection. And eventually um, I could see that they were doing a good job and right. didn't need my help anymore. So yeah, just being aware of what's going on in their mouth and checking and making sure they're removing, removing the plaque and that there aren't any, any, there isn't any infection or issues. So if the gums are bleeding uh, when you're brushing, that is the first and some parents can be a bit alarmed if they, they're brushing their child's teeth and they see blood, and that is the first sign of gingivitis. Right. And so gingivitis is caused by plaque sitting on the teeth for over 24 hours. Uh, after 24 hours, it can cause this inflammation and then bleeding. So the trick is just to brush that plaque away and then the gums heal very quickly. So if you see bleeding gums, there could then be just some plaque that's being missed. So do a thorough job and uh, remove that plaque and then the gums should be healthy again. So same with kids, we see a lot of bleeding gums. So yeah, just getting in there and making sure that plaque's being removed. So, so yeah, I would go in um, a couple times a week, probably until my uh, kids were about 10. And then again, if they have any orthodontic appliances, braces, retainers, you probably want to keep a close eye again and helping them with their oral care and encouraging them to use all the tools that uh, are provided for when you have those appliances. So, so for families to get a hold of you, how would they do that? If they're interested in going and to interior health and getting an appointment and having a checkup with you. We have a, a booking line, a dental appointment booking line, and I'll provide the number. It's 250-505-7244. And we have uh, just a central location for all the West Kootenays, and they do all the booking for all the communities in this area. 
So you can call that number. You don't need a referral. Um, you can just uh, book first your first appointment when the child is just over 12 months of age. Or if you have any other concerns, you can also call me on my work mobile. And that's 250-368-1678. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions, uh, you can contact me at that number as well. Wonderful. So. Well, Mm -hmm. thank you for joining us today. That was great. Thank you for Um, having me. What a wonderfully informative podcast. I hope you guys learned some things about teeth and had some questions answered. I know I did. Uh, Today, our question for our listeners is, what was the phone number for the dental booking line? If you know this answer, you can email me at mel, M-E-L dot Shenstone, S-H-E-N-S-T-O-N-E at B as in Barry, F as in fist, I as in ice cream, S-S dot org. That's mel dot Shenstone at B-F-I-S-S dot org. And you will be entered into the draw for a wonderful prize. We have all sorts of different family-orientated prizes. Uh, We're giving away family passes to the Aquatic Centre, family passes to the boardroom, and we're looking into some other great prizes. So if you know the answer, email me and let me know. Riding the Waves of Life is provided by Boundary Family Services. It is funded by the Public Health Agency of Canada, and all equipment was provided through a generous grant from the Phoenix Foundation. Mm